And now for something completely different. Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show. Presented by RIA Advisors. And welcome to Financial Fitness Friday. I'm Rich Rosso, CFP. Playing solo here with Mr. Brent Clanton. You know, there's something better than a hard candy Christmas, Brent. What's that, Rich? A C's candy Christmas. <laughs> so I just ate half a box. I see what you mean. This is the time of year where all the gifts come in. Mm-hmm. And Rosso is rating them. <laughs> the Rosso rating. I usually rating. don't eat that stuff, but yeah. man, this morning, not good. Did you have a favorite? I like anything with cream in the middle. And you all, you bad people, don't take them for more than what it means. Um, the, you know, C's is, the, is really great. Yeah, it's good I stuff. I think it's underrated. Yeah. For the kind of candy it is. Mm. I, you know, I mean, it's mostly Texas. Uh, I see it. But I don't think people realize how good it is compared to a lot of other brands. I do like Russell Stover's, but uh, C's is very good. So you are a chocolate aficionado. Well, <clears throat> couple of days a year. That's all I can really... Um, That's all you can handle. It works like financial resolutions. You know, yeah. they come and go. So we do have... Finan- well, before we get started on that, Dow Implied Open is up 90 points. NASDAQ's going to take it on the chin again today. Uh, tech stocks getting battered um, due to, obviously, the fears of inflation. We did have Powell come out. Michael did a great job the other day with Lance talking about the Fed. You know, it reminds me of their words say yes, but their actions say no. Um, they're not doing much. I, what, why they still have emergency measures in place <clears throat> is beyond me. But obviously, Thursday, the Bank of England raised interest rates, and that took investors and analysts by surprise um, and would phase out the emergency bond buying program and I think that's a pretty smart idea. What we're waiting for, I have no idea. But it's absolutely more in focus that inflation is an issue. The, the, the questionable part is whether or not inflation is an issue. For how, for how long is it an issue? We talk about how maybe when you look at the Atlanta uh, Fed sticky price index, uh, that is still elevated, yet we're starting to see inflation start to level off. In other words, we might have hit the peak. Now the point is, what's the new plateau? Where do we go to? We've talked about how perhaps the benchmark rate for inflation absolutely needs to be higher. We're seeing the effects this year of inflation, especially around holiday time. Uh, A lot of great stories about how Americans... And their families are working hard just to run businesses, adapt to the changes of, of COVID, and now they're working financially with, um, with inflation, which means gifts are smaller. Uh, lots of stories about how people are hand-making gifts, how people are taking trips with the family and supposed to because they can't get the gifts. Um, it's, it's interesting to see how a generation 
who has never really seen inflation is going to start to handle it. So you're seeing budgeting become absolutely more popular. And that is one of WalletHub's 10 financial resolutions, right? Make a realistic budget and stick to it. You know, it's more than 92 million Americans are likely to make financial New Year's resolutions for 2022. I, I have given up that. I, I sort of keep these resolutions all throughout the year. Uh, we have to, right? As advisors, we have to live these financial resolutions, um, paying off credit card debt or not having it, monitoring your credit report, um, focusing on your physical health. Health and wealth are absolutely connected. But uh, as Benjamin Franklin said, be always at war with your vices, at peace with your neighbors, and let each new year find you a better man. Now, I want to say, speaking of neighbors, when you go to Real Investment Advice, there's some great articles, I have to tell you. But the best part of Real Investment Advice, this is just one man's opinion, are the wonderful pictures of Lance (laughs) (laughs) that grace these articles. Now, my idea, Brent, well, Brent really came up with the idea, but I'm helping to formulate this. We need a calendar of Lance's, uh, of just the photos. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? Well, because he's got that dad, angry dad face, yeah, yeah. right? We know that has to be a Monday, mm-hmm. right? That has to be a Monday. Um, then he's got the heart thing, yeah. you know, like this. Yeah. That's got to be today. That's got to be Friday. <laughs> Setting stops. I don't know. Stop could be uh, Sunday. Stop your fun. Monday's on the table. I mean, but a Lance calendar or just pick your Lance of the day. The Lance of the day calendar. Would be yeah. absolutely great. But these are great photos. I get a kick out of them every <laughs> darn day. I'll have to show you the outtakes. Uh, <clears throat> I am thinking they're going to be pretty interesting. You would, uh, you would be thinking correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely think it's a good idea to see Lance in his natural uh-huh. uh, yeah. element. But that angry dad face, that's mostly the Lance I see. <laughs> and I don't know if that's just for me. Like, um, you know, then there's this Lance mm-hmm. with the finger pointing back and forth. Um, and the sideways neck waggle. The, the sideways neck waggle. But um, I don't know. I think... Um, I think it would work. I think it would work. I think we'd be able to sell those next year. Why don't, Connie, new why don't we bring that up on next Tuesday's marketing call? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if you all have res- You have a financial resolution, Brent? What I, are you thinking? I do. Not to go broke. Not to go broke. You know what? That sets the bar real low. Hmm. Uh, I like it. Look for a better job. This has actually been the great resignation where we have seen individuals absolutely looking for new jobs. Uh, although it would be nice to see labor force uh, participation rate get out of the toilet. Monitoring your credit report is absolutely important. Um, I think people bypass this quite a bit. Now, there are ways to proactively do it. I don't know if you get alerts maybe from your credit card company that'll say, hey, uh, this is your latest FICO score. I think that that's really smart. That keeps you engaged. Also, they want to keep you spending, but most important is there are banks and credit card companies that are actually putting this these numbers in front of your face. This is so important. I'm writing a piece right now. <clears throat> Get insured for a catastrophe. Like I needed to wait to make that a financial resolution. There is a constant attack, and we'll talk about this later in the show, on your net worth. 
especially if it's uh, a healthy one or it's a growing one. And you have to make sure that you are prepping or safeguarding your net worth um, from liabilities. It's not something we like to talk about. It's sort of boring. Try to make it as exciting as possible. Um, Pay bills right after payday. Well, that's unique. (laughs) Nah, I'm going to wait about six months. That's a great financial resolution. Uh, Hey, we get back. We got holiday time coming up. Christmas next week. Why conversations about money are absolutely the greatest gifts. And with inflation, it may be one of the most inexpensive ones for you. We'll be right back here on The Real Investment Show. Stay tuned. you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. Don't let 2022 be a repeat of the past year. Join Danny Ratliff and Richard Rosso for their essential smart money tips for the new year candid coffee event on Saturday, January 15th. You'll learn the landmines to avoid, tax advantages we see, and money tips you need to know in the new year. Register now for our next Candid Coffee at realinvestmentadvice.com. Candid Coffee with Ratliff and Rosso, realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. Listen, I don't want anybody to think that I'm discounting inflation because as of even April of last year, we were talking about on the show that inflation is here to stay. It's going to moderate, though. Excuse me. It's going to moderate, and you're going to see it pull back. The key is where's it pull back to? We also know that when companies raise prices, they don't go back and reduce them again. Now, There's product shrinkage and all kinds of creativity and packaging, but we don't go ahead and lower prices. Now, it's amazing when you see in 2021, the U.S. faced the highest month after month or over month inflation since 2008. If you go to the Atlanta Fed, if you go to the Atlanta Fed, you take a look at their sticky price index, which I think the Atlanta Fed does some of the best work on inflation. You'll see how elevated uh, this these numbers happen to be. These are prices that tend to change slowly. And I think it represents the basket of goods where it does so. But here's my concern. Items that are not considered sticky. Energy prices, for example even food prices to a degree. I think that some of those prices have become sticky, whether it's because of political risk or, or headwinds, whatever the reason might be. 
we're starting to see, I think, some of those prices that are not considered sticky as far as inflation going to be sticky. Um, now, where this has hit, obviously, this has hit families. There's some great articles across the Internet about how people are getting creative for the holidays. How uh, something we've talked about for years, but, you know, it sounds like it's a pain in the neck. Who's going to do it? But people are actually making gifts, people cutting their holiday budgets because they have to, right? Um, and many of these households reference inflation. But think about small businesses. This is from business.org. Since the pandemic even began, 92% of small business owners reported that the cost of supplies or services needed to run their business has increased at least by 20 16% of small businesses owners, owners reported a 50% increase in costs. 13% of small business owners reported a 40% increase in costs. These are not insignificant. So you got to wonder, right? So here's some of the actions they're taking. Reducing inventory. Purchasing software and technology, right? That makes a lot of sense. Um <clears throat> Reducing employees, unfortunately. Reducing marketing costs. Marketing is usually one of the first things to go. Moving to a cheaper workspace, smaller spaces, uh, maybe off the main road spaces. Um, hiring an accountant to save money. <clears throat> All the well, but again, there's a very small amount of, of, of businesses that have done nothing. But here's the tough part. There's nothing about in, in these reports and this is a really good report from business.org about these companies really raising prices to us, which eventually has to happen. Small business will eat some of their costs, that, that, and they'll do whatever they can to make sure that they maintain their customer base. But eventually, they're going to have to do it and raise prices. So again, these are actions that are put in place that are very difficult to unwind. So it's going to be interesting to see how we all become accustomed and what the new benchmark is. Last year, in our financial planning software, we said, okay, some of this inflation is transitory, right? We understand the supply chain issues. Who knows how long they take to work out? Mid-2023, early 2023, I think next year it's going to be still very difficult. Um, so we, we get that. <clears throat> but there are companies right now that have the ability to raise prices. They have pricing power. And in the beginning, the market really loved this because one of companies had pricing power. I mean, not outside of the Apple cult, right, where you buy everything and you don't look at price. Um, very few companies have pricing power. Now they do. And they continue to have pricing power. But when does that end? Because when you look at real wage growth, effect, uh, when you take into account inflation, that is indeed negative. So wage growth, even though that is sticky, may not keep up <clears throat> with the overall rate of inflation. And not the standard 5% rate of inflation and 5 to 7% everybody's talking about. But the real cost, when you look at meat up 16% and all the other co energy up where it is. So... Um, it's going to be very difficult, <clears throat> I think, in the next couple of years for companies to continue the rate hikes. So you're going to see inflation crest. 
The numbers will come in less, even though elevated. We're going to find a new elevated level of inflation that we're going to need to live with. So in our financial plans, we took the benchmark rate from 2% to 2.5%. That's just the underlying foundation of inflation. For every goal you have in your household, there is an inflation rate that gets attached to it. Whether it's healthcare costs, depending on the goals of things that you want to do, you want to drive across the country. Okay, well, what is that going to cost? We track inflation based on the goal. How, when it comes to inflation, it's a very personal household issue. Inflation for a 32-year-old couple with two children is going to be very different than a couple <clears throat> at age 70 years old. So we need to understand those inflation dynamics and those changes and build the plans accordingly. So it's going to, it's going to, we're going to see how this is going to work out over the next year or two. Right now, the market is convinced <clears throat> because the Fed has sort of convinced them, the market participants, that, you know what? Inflation is real. It's not transitory. It's more permatory, something we've coined here. I like to uh, always thank uh, the overnight show. What's the Gary show? <clears throat> oh, the, the, the Red Eye Radio Red show. Red Eye Radio is yeah. using our uh, permatory. Oh, really? Yeah, they're giving us credit for that. But Are we getting they, residuals on that? I don't think Gary's son, maybe he'll send me some C's candy. There you Happy go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he sort, of got, he sort of got hooked on that permatory commentary. So this is where it's going to be. So this is a long-winded way of getting to what I want to talk about. Um, this is conversations about money. So I, I love... You have a favorite author, Brent? You do some uh, A favorite author? <clears throat> I mean, Just, besides uh, Alfred E. Newman. I mean, <laughs> um, <clears throat> Louis L'Amour. <clears throat> okay, Louis L'Amour is a really great writer. I really enjoy Louis L'Amour. You would love my collection mm -hmm. of vintage Western books. Oh, wow. Yeah. But Louis L'Amour is one of the best. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I also like Washington Irving. Yes. Um, so I have this first edition of works of Washington Irving. And one of his, he writes a lot about observations. He was one of the most prolific authors at the time that was able to sell his work based on observations of the day. Like a Walt Whitman kind of guy, like ob observing his surroundings, writing about him, and people clamored to read about what he was doing. He um, was the Leon Hale of his day. He really was. He was a great observer and able to communicate that. Well, gosh, I do miss Leon Hale, though. God rest his soul. He, I th he was I think over he 90 past years week, old. Past, past year. Past yeah. year. Yeah. But, and, he, you know, I was friend, I'm friends with him on Facebook. And and for those he, who don't know who he was. Yes. Please explain. Leon Hale was a columnist here in, in Houston. Uh, first, when I first knew about him was uh, at the Houston Post, which is no longer in operation. And then the Chronicle hired him, thank goodness. And then he retired and began publishing books. Wonderful, wonderful writer. Leon Hale, look him up. His stuff is still out. Uh, you got your cough button on there, buddy. <laughs> I did have my cough button on. Yeah. Uh, his writing is still out there. It, it, uh, it will live forever. Yeah. Um, 
And sometime, even when he was, you know, in his 90s, mm-hmm. he would post on Facebook. He would write this prolific paragraph. He and you put, would go, yes, I cannot believe what he just wrote. He could say so much in so few words. He didn't need much at all, Yeah, uh, which was really wonderful. Now, Washington Irving was sort of different. He was very verbose. <laughs> and he said a lot. Because in those days, the more words you used, the better, you, the smarter you looked. Right now, you got to dumb it down. So, you know, this is a season, I always think that Christmas and holiday season is we're really comfortable in our skin. We, we, we revel in the celebration of the present, you know, the family we, that come together, people we love that are gone. I think there are a lot of things that come to fruition. Families get really nutty around Christmas. I'm just going to share that. <clears throat> I don't know if it's the alcohol or whatever it is, but there's a lot of junk that comes out of the woodwork at Christmas. Um, (laughs) Stuff unresolved from Thanksgiving. 1975. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we're dealing with a lot of that. I deal with a lot of that in my family. I'm like, where did that come from? Oh, yeah, that's right. It's Christmas. Ants Ants on the sauce again. Talking about my dead cousin. For 40 years, who didn't pay her back? Um, So these are the things we want to talk about and have the right conversations at Christmas about money. Yes, about money, because there are going to be things that you're going to learn, things that you should know that maybe the rest of the year it's tough to get. But this is your time. When we return, we're going to talk about some strategies about money conversations around holiday time. You can start them next week and let me know how they go here on Financial Fitness Friday. We'll be right back. Advice blog. It's required reading for the informed investor. Catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com. Don't let 2022 be a repeat of the past year. Join Danny Ratliff and Richard Rosso for their essential smart money tips for the new year candid coffee event on Saturday, January 15th. You'll learn the landmines to avoid, tax advantages we see, and money tips you need to know in the new year. Register now for our next Candid Coffee at realinvestmentadvice.com. Candid Coffee with Ratliff and Rosso, realinvestmentadvice.com. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. Not to inflate Papa Lance's head. But let me tell you, he is doing a great job on Fox Business. I, well, I caught him yesterday on mm-hmm. with Charles Payne. Yeah. Uh, actually, it was the day before. But uh, it was, he was great. He was on for quite a period of time. I thank Charles for have, having him on. He did great. But uh, Charles goes, well, if Chairman Roberts could be <laughs> heading up the Fed, I'm like, yeah, that's what we need. What would you do? So they kept calling him Chairman Roberts throughout the show. I like so it. I thought that yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah. Job so was, security. Yeah. Job security. Yeah. Job security. Really did a good job. 
uh, on Fox Business. And I know when Charles has somebody on, he keeps them coming back. So if you missed mm-hmm. him, if you missed Lance, he'll be back on there again. Uh, Charles Payne's on in the afternoon. Now, we also have some great articles uh, on the website. Going to cash can be as costly as a market crash. This is one of my favorites Lance wrote recently. Uh, actually, it was posted today. Um, I read it this morning. So it's a great piece. Uh, take a look at that. Sign up for Daily Market Commentary now. We'll tell you we are going to continue Candid Coffee because even though, well, I think the pandemic's over, but who knows. Um, this Candid Coffee of sitting across the table with you and, 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 and going into the concerns you have uh, for an hour on a Saturday seems to resonate. I really would like to do that also for the kids that want to learn about smart money. We're going to have a, a very cool financial literacy um, initiative next year. Lance will be, uh, Brent, Brent will be a big part of that. We're going to try to keep Lance out of it. Because um, <laughs> he'll be like the angry dad looking over at you. Um, Are you going to bring the puppets into that? You know, I, every time I think I'm going to bring the puppets in, the puppets don't come in. Really? And I've got a lot of puppets. Yeah. I think they're stringing you along. The girlfriend goes, this is disturbing, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of puppets around here. I'll say, well, we can get creative with them. Um, so smart money tips for 2022, Saturday, January 15th from 8 to 9 a.m. Now, we're going to give you tips. We're going to give you retirement, financial planning, things that are going to get your 2022 off to the right start. However... We want to be engaged with who's going to be showing up for this. We want to know the questions you have. Well, maybe you have a smart money tip. Let us know. This tends to be a very, very smart audience. We appreciate that. Or um, something that you have a question about. 2022 is going to be full of questions, right? The pandemic, the geopolitical, inflation, Mr. Powell, a lot of headwinds that Lance laments about here on the show uh, is something we're very concerned about for next year. There's a lot that you can control when it comes to money. We talk a lot about those. Unfortunately, you you can't control the portfolio. You can have really strong risk management tools. We do that here. We take profits. We, 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 We shed losers. We add to fundamentally strong companies. We do a lot of stuff, but the market's going to do what it's going to do. Right now, we're seeing some pretty strong rotation out of tech uh, into, um, you know, uh, sectors that haven't done as well, like consumer staples, noticing a big move into staples. Sector rotation, I think, next year is going to be very important. Because we're going to be trying to figure out and get some clarity about where does inflation fall? Where, how, where does it land? Right? So maybe it is landing now. But I think the runway looks different. I think there's a higher elevation to that runway. So we're going to have to adjust accordingly. Uh, adjust accordingly in our planning. Adjust accordingly when it comes to um, the actual portfolio. These are things that really is going to earn our keep uh, next year. But this going to cash uh, that Lance writes about, because investors tend to make these all or none decisions. You can ebb and flow a portfolio. You can, I, I call our portfolios accordions. 
We expand them, we contract them, but we never really get out of equities. We can reduce the percentages dramatically. But to get out of equities is complete market timing, not risk management. And listen, no one can do that appropriately. You can get lucky. I, you absolutely can. But making big decisions is absolutely going to affect your returns negatively over a longer period of time. So this article is just really good um, talking about the psychology trap of the all or none mentality. So I want you to check it out. Uh, you got some time this weekend. Maybe you, you've taken a break next week. A lot of articles. We're still writing for next week. I've got a piece coming out next week. I hope you'll enjoy. So when it comes to conversations about money as, uh, as gifts, right? Because the conversations are gifts, even though they're not wrapped in this pretty paper. But you got to look at it from when you have conversations with people about money, you better understand or walk in their shoes just a little bit. <clears throat> you, you have to have empathy, especially across generations, right? Like my grandparents experienced the Great Depression firsthand. They were excruciatingly frugal until death. Now, my father was part of this working poor. He, he didn't have any luxuries at all. So my grandfather was sort of like, you know, Italian grandfathers, you just sort of leave them alone in a the corner. They grumble a lot. You throw food at them, right? But you don't, they don't talk to you. That, that you know, it, it's just a thing. And my grandmother actually was the entrepreneur and the breadwinner. She had a deli. She ran a laundry. I mean, she did all these cool things that a lot of um, women in the 40s and 50s didn't do. Um, so my father, what we call this circle of being, when I write scripts, you, you try to understand a character from how they grew up. In, in finance, we would say, what's your money story? What are the things that affected how you deal with money? Right? So my father would never deprive himself of material goods, especially expensive stuff. He was a terrible saver, a big spender, and lived only for the present. And that's due to how he grew up because he was deprived. Um, and I couldn't, you know, I couldn't really approach the topic of money with him because, I, I mean, I was the village idiot, right? At Christmas, though, maybe it was the eggnog. I used to spike that quite a bit. I asked him questions, and he responded to a point. He'd share some information with me on his deathbed, but that was too late to do any estate planning, including his wishes for a funeral. Um, I had to make those decisions. I had to make his end-of-life decisions. I had to make those decisions. Now, I don't mind that I had to make them, but you shouldn't have to make them as a child. You should be taking that burden off your children's plate. They should, or if you are going to, and we do have clients that say, listen, my, my, my child or my children are going to handle it, but guess what I did? I didn't provide them the instructions in some cold estate planning document. I talked to them. Not only did I talk to them about what I wanted, I wrote my eulogy. I bought my burial plot. I did everything for my children so they don't have to do it because I know I'm going to pass away someday. I don't know when, but I want to make sure I'm prepared. 
<clears throat> the relief, and this was a conversation that happened in my office, <clears throat> the look of relief on the children, the two children, their faces was, was dramatic because it shows respect for who you leave behind when you prepare to leave. So you have to, when you're asking questions or sharing about legacy requests, say, for example, hey, I'm going to give Brent my G.I. Joe collection. Lance is not getting that. Now, Lance might be ticked off. He liked the kung fu grip. He liked the fuzzy hair. Now, I could just leave it in my will, or I could actually get Brent and Lance in a room together and say, this is why. <clears throat> Lance, I'm a little worried about you ripping the heads off of these things. Brent, I'm sure, is going to put them on a nice bookshelf. So understand and ask the questions and bring up the information, and holiday time is a good time to do it. Anton Chekhov said, everything I know about human nature, I learned from me, right? So you could have some conversation starters. There aren't, they aren't easy, right? Um, it doesn't hurt to ask, we do it, objective third party to get in the middle of some of these things. Your financial advisor should be more than willing to facilitate a conversation among you and your family members. Um, Closed-end questions don't work, right? You want free-flow response. Brent, do you want to be buried? Yes or no? No. Yes. Well, what that's not telling me anything. Maybe he wants to be in a bookshelf somewhere in uh, Tyler, Texas, or the story of Brent. You open it up. There he is. I don't know. You got to ask the questions. Yes or no questions don't work. You got to get more open Tell me a little bit about this, right? I had some topics I suggested, and I'm going to talk about them when I get back. A lot of them have to do with the pets. I know you lost your little beloved Sophie this year, Brent, but I'm going to ask you a question about little Sophie when I get back. Hey, we get back. We're going to talk about conversations as the greatest gifts here on The Real Investment Show. Stay tuned. news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. Don't let 2022 be a repeat of the past year. Join Danny Ratliff and Richard Rosso for their essential smart money tips for the new year candid coffee event on Saturday, January 15th. You'll learn the landmines to avoid, tax advantages we see, and money tips you need to know in the new year. Register now for our next Candid Coffee at realinvestmentadvice.com. Candid Coffee with Ratliff and Rosso, realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show.
The more I look at these Lance photos on Real Investment Advice, the more I want a 12 months of Lance calendar. <laughs> That's going to be one of our marketing initiatives. Be a for big, next year. big seller. That's going to work. I'm telling you, I'm going to bring this up to the marketing meeting and everybody's going to hang up on me. <laughs> but the 12 months of Lance with those pictures. Yeah. That is going to work. Like, stop spending so much in December with his hand up, mm -hmm. right? What I don't want is the Popes with Beards calendar for Christmas. <laughs> the Popes with Beards? <laughs> yeah. My Nana would have loved that. Yeah. But my grandma had pictures of the Pope everywhere. It was like you're in the bathroom and you look up and go, hi. The Pope's looking at you. I mean, it's not right. Um, but that's what Nana did. <laughs> Popes were a big thing. That in uh, JFK. So you had a picture of every time you walked around the house, there were other two people looking at you, the Pope or JFK. It's, it was really strange. Boy, that's, that's, that's some the pressure. time when we really respected presidents. Yeah. Yeah. That's a long time ago. Um, so pets. Mm -hmm. Good question. How do you think Snowy would feel if she were whisked off to an animal shelter if something happened to you? Right? I mean, I don't want to throw a pet in the line of fire, Brent. But how many people do you see sometimes that they pass away? They have no, they don't make any allowances for their pets. And then you see all these, all these ads and all that. Well, my mom and dad passed away and we're, we're, we're shuffling off uh, Trixie to the shelter. Well, you see these posts on Facebook every week. Yeah. You know, please I, come rescue these dogs. Yeah, the owner passed away. Right. We don't, we don't seem to do that. Like, if God forbid something happened and Sophie was here, because mm. she would always take care, who would, who would have taken care of Sophie if you and... Uh, My daughter. And she, was, she knew this. Yes. Yep. So Un you had already made... You made all these arrangements, yeah. and that's what you have to do. Um, so these are, not, these are not light decisions or questions you're asking people you love, but you need this information. Do you realize if you pass tomorrow, I have no idea whether you want to be cremated or buried, right? And parents will go, oh, don't worry about me. I'll be dead. Okay, sure. You don't care. Uh, that's another decision you don't place with your children. You can see I'm real fun around holidays. but Because <laughs> I always have someone client that calls me, what should I talk about my kids about for the holidays, about money, about when you're going to die? And what your intentions are. That's what I'm going to talk to my kids about at Christmas? Yes. That's a gift. Right? Who gets what in the household? I have seen families that still don't talk to each other over collections of mugs, bedspreads, dishes. I mean, I am talking about ridiculous stuff. Because it wasn't laid out clearly <clears throat> who gets what. Now, I don't have much family left, so to me, it's silly that we're fighting over mugs. <clears throat> but this, this, this becomes serious stuff. This breaks up families for generations. In my family, two uncles had a fight in the 70s about something stupid. And then both sides of the families, I have cousins, I have I have supposedly all these cousins I never even knew. Like I'm, I'm finding them on 23andMe <clears throat> because these two, these two people fought and, and the family separated and then these divisions grew and grew and forget it. And these are all these people that I could have known. So 
you, you got to lay out intent, and it was because of intentions of somebody in the family who didn't leave something to somebody else. So these conversations are the greatest gifts because you can share your intentions, you communicate your final plans, you share the reasons for the bequeath of personal items, and sometimes you mend fences among family. You clear up miscommunications, you strengthen relationships. So this great writer of movie dialogue, uh, who's a mentor of mine, said that every spoken word in a square, script should weigh a thousand pounds. When somebody says something in a script, it's not like, hey, Brent, how you doing? How's the day going? It gets right to the impact, right? This advice goes for real life, too. When you have conversations about this stuff, every word means something because you could be either mending a family or breaking it up. And you think it might be dumb that you're fighting over like doilies. But man, I have seen families, Brent. I'm telling you, sometimes, I mean, I really do try to empathize, but I'm like, you're all fighting over a, a tablecloth? I mean, it's, it's, I think it's ridiculous, but it's important because I see it happen all the time. Can I share something? You sure can. Last week, we drove to Oklahoma for a funeral. Oh, that's right. That's right. right? That's right. And I delivered a talk for my sister-in-law. You did, oh, I'm sure yeah. you did a wonderful job. And you, you just now mentioned something <clears throat> that was in that talk. I had three points. Build bridges, mend fences, and love deeply. Wow. And that was essentially the message. But it, and, and I wrote that specifically for the fractured segments in that family because it exists. And the hope was, hey, here's an opportunity for to us let it to go. mend fences. And you know, come I back never together. thought of it for someone, and you're just so well spoken, but I never thought of having that for someone that actually gives a eulogy mm-hmm. could be the person if you if the person who passed away could have been unexpected obviously like what happened with you unfortunately right, right. didn't have a chance mm-hmm. but you got to let stuff like this go to your point right right and and because funerals funerals are for the living they're not for the dead right <clears throat> and no, so that was the message that my wife and I wanted to get across let's do this well that's you, you're going to give my eulogy, too? We buried him. If you wish. He didn't want to wear pants. How many we... words? <laughs> <laughs> They'll all weigh a 1,000 pounds. Mm, yeah. mm. Well, <clears throat> that that's great. That's great uh, insight, Brent, because I never really thought of it about someone who's still here. And you're, even though you're part of the family, you were giving a eulogy. It sort of sets you apart <clears throat> to be listened to. Time to mend the fences and... And again, but a lot of times it doesn't happen. And sometimes that happens over really, I don't know, it's it, in, the, in the scope of things, it seems silly. Inconsequential mm. stuff. Right. Inconsequential. A lot of it's material stuff or yeah. something somebody said that was probably misunderstood. And you got to let that go. And I think the more you lose your family or people you love, the more that stuff looks in, so inconsequential, right? You think about that. So there is a simple tool that can help you with uncomfortable conversations with loved ones. It's called Five Wishes. So you go to www.agingwithdignity.org for a copy of this guide. It's five bucks. It's worth your five bucks. Um, This is what's in this guide 
is going to overall give you some fodder for qualitative communication. So this is per the website. <clears throat> it's more than just a document. Five wishes is a complete approach to discussing and documenting your care and comfort choices. In other words, why you are still here, you lay this out for your loved ones. It's about connecting family, connect, communicating with healthcare providers, and showing your community what it means to care for another. Five wishes let your family and doctors know, one, who would make these difficult healthcare decisions when you can't make them. I had to make that one for my dad. I had to make that for my father and my mother. And I, I was fine to do it. I thought I knew what they might have wanted, but what if I didn't? What about people who are not as comfortable making that decision, right? The kind of medical treatment you want or don't want, how comfortable you want to be, how you want people to treat you, what you want loved ones to know. So <clears throat> in several states, not Texas, unfortunately, five wishes is a legal, valid healthcare directive. Yeah, you write it out yourself, right? So questions because I don't know about holiday time, but we sit around the table. We always had stories about our loved ones that had passed, right? A lot of times you got like Uncle, Uncle Al did this funny thing every year, right? Like my Uncle Pat would get drunk and hug the Christmas tree and my Aunt Connie would scream at him. Um, no! Um, so, <clears throat> so questions lead to stories, which is why conversations about money are the greatest gifts at Christmas. Because stories represent who we are, right? Uh, when we're gone, the only things left of who we were, like these vintage ornaments we unpack, right? Every go over a year, every time I take an ornament out of a, a box, I'm like, oh my gosh. I remember when I got this or how old I was or this was dad's or this was grandma's. Every year we unpack these things. They breathe new life into us. Those memories come flooding us at holiday time. That's also why people get a little crazy at holiday time too, right? They're good things from the past that are forgotten most of the year. So maybe, just maybe, that is why we're so receptive to questions this time of year. And they jumpstart conversations. So I wonder, Brent, you probably don't know this, from that eulogy that you gave, I wonder how many conversations, if any, were jump-started that you don't even know about. We'll never know. Or somebody said, that Brent should just mind his own damn business. <laughs> yeah, well, there may have been that, too. <laughs> Listen, we had a lot of exciting stuff coming up next year. This is our last live show for the year. A lot of great... I mean, you got some good stuff in the coffer there, Brent, for the rest of the year. We'll have some ex exciting new um, commentary for next year. Take a look at the blog, uh, the blogs and new articles. We're writing through the whole holiday. There's no holiday around here. Uncle Scrooge Roberts says no holiday. January 15th, 8 to 9 a.m. Sign up for Canda Coffee. Send us your questions. We hope you have a great Christmas. Happy New Year. We'll see you in the new year. We really appreciate you and love you. And thanks. And we're just grateful you're here. Take care, everybody. See you soon. Oh, the things I can tell